Oh, good morning. Wow, what a welcome. I appreciate the warm welcome. It's good to be here. It's been a while. I think Emily and I, we came here over 10, 11, 12 years ago, something like that. So it's been a while. It's good to be back. And uh, we are in the Carolinas ourselves now. And uh, so we're, we're enjoying a little bit of southern uh, comfort. And we moved down from Philadelphia over a year ago, and now we're just enjoying relaxing and uh, some southern sun. And so it's been good. We look forward to not having to shovel snow out of our driveway. And uh, so every year about this time, we begin to buckle under, uh, you know, the, the weather and uh, get ready to hunker down because we've gone for days without power because of the intensity of the storm. So we're looking forward to a different, different experience. But it's good to be back here in the Hauser tribe, the Hauser family tribe. This is, you know, this is like, this is like a military family, you, you, you know, and I don't say that there's a warmth and there's a love, but you're all being raised up to be leaders and champions. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to say that in the healthiest way, okay, because they say, oh, no. <laughs> you know? uh, I mean, there's a, there's a leadership spirit in this house, really, to change our nation and make some big waves, uh, especially along the East Coast. And so this is an, I believe you're, you're comfortable in this place, but, uh, you know, my job as a prophetic voice is uh, to uh, comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And so I hope you're okay with that. Okay. And, uh, and, and so I do feel that there's a, a stirring in my spirit this morning just about what God is doing. He's doing some great things in our nation. And uh, you're here, you're postured here for a certain time, a certain season, a certain reason. And you're being prepared for something incredible. And so you're, you're really in the middle of, I, I, I feel like you're in the middle of a season of preparation for just the double doors to burst open and for God to do something incredible, incredible. And so there's a lot of great things, and, and I always watch and see, you know, who are the sons in the house, who are the daughters in the house. And so I got to meet Michael Thornton, you know, a couple, uh, was it, four or five months ago in Dayton, Ohio. And then uh, we reconnected yesterday at the drop. And, uh, and Mike as well. And, uh, and these guys are, these are like a dynamic duo right here. I don't know if you know these guys. And... Uh, Mike, he's just amazing, and I know he's a, I know he's a jokester. I see it on his face. He's got this Will Ferrell thing on him. I don't know. Just watch out. And, uh, but we, had, we went in the student driver vehicle, and uh, donuts in the parking lot. He's a, these guys are uncommon. And so we, I, really, I really like them, and uh, I, I like you know, we're, we're, we're kind of reconnecting with different people down here in the southeastern region of the U.S., and, uh, and what God is doing here is just really incredible. And so I feel like I have something for you this morning that's going to speak into that, and then also I, I feel there's some things that he wants to burst open, especially for the youth today. And, uh, and so, yay. Amen? Wow, we are in just a tremendous time in history, and, and I just feel in my spirit there's, there's this mandate that we have, and for me, it's, a, it's a, like a life motto, and for me, it's something that I find in Matthew, uh, and we, we see this 
uh, also in Luke 12. But it's, it's something that we, we, we have to live as individuals before God, but also with our perspective on the tribe, our perspective on the house and what he's doing outside the house. We, so we can't just become so individualistic, yet the new covenant is really about the individual and the individual's responsibility and, and yet the Old Covenant's about the corporate identity. The New Covenant's about the individual's identity in Christ. And yet we, we do have this kind of, uh, uh, if I could say this, this looking out for one another, this community feel that we need to have in our spirit, uh, in our hearts. We, we need to have a community kind of recognition that God is not just... Uh, you know, going to relate to us about how we kept our life, but also about how we looked about for our brothers and our sisters. And he's not, he's not just going to go, hey, did you live a good life at the end? You know, did you, did you do well for yourself? But he's also going to say, you know, where are your brothers? Where is your, and you know, and it's the sin of Cain and Abel. And, and you know, Cain's response is, am I my brother's keeper? You know, and it's a very interesting dynamic because are we our brother's keeper? And we need to really come to an understanding about this, yet we do have an individual identity in Christ, but we are also our brother's keeper. We are also responsible for how our brother and our sister are, are experiencing the life that we have and the connection that we have and we are called, if I could say, we're all called to be a bridge in the spirit to people so that they could connect with the God, the Father that we're connecting with, and not just pursue our individual destiny, our individual promotion, but also be invested in other people's promotion, other people's destiny. And so we, we have to begin to shift our mindset from a, such a selfish agenda to being really, uh, have, have, have our identity is not wrapped up in the, in, the, in the problems of others. We have our security and our identity in Christ, but we do come into empathy with the problems and the sufferings of other people, knowing that we have an opportunity to meet them where they're at and be a voice in their life and raise them to a place of greatness. And so we have this incredible, am I preaching to someone this morning? I feel like I'm saying something to someone this morning because, you know, I, I feel this, there's this thing in my spirit that we are complete in Christ, but the intercessor is the one that recognizes there are others around that are not experiencing this completion that we have in Christ. And so we live in the tension of two worlds. We live in the tension of I'm complete. I have no needing because I have Christ Jesus. I'm, I can be content where I'm a base or bound, but it's, there's a discontent in me because of the others that I'm seeing suffering and, and experiencing difficulty. Does this make sense? Okay? And we, it's for freedom that we've been set free. Amen? But I have this, this desire and this compelling by love to love others and bring them into that freedom. Am I speaking to someone? Come on. I feel it. I feel it because I, 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 I know that we have an incredible, we have this incredible freedom and this incredible grace that gives us the ability to no longer have to do anything because it's for freedom we've been set free. You don't have to do anything. 
That's the, that's the crazy thing about grace. You don't have to do anything. I don't have to pray. I don't have to fast. I don't have to seek God. I, 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 he's seeking me. I don't want to say that in a, in a uh, uh, you know, I'm backslidden type of my, mindset or anything like that. It's been for freedom I've been set free. And so all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. Right? And so I know I don't have to, but I get to. I get to partner with God. I get to be in his presence. I get to be in, you know, considered to be a son. I get to enjoy him, and I get to minister to other people around me. And so I feel this morning that there's a call, there's this call in my spirit that we're, we're, we're hearing in us that there's something, there's a greater purpose that you've been called to. And for many of us, we're, we're trying to find our destiny and our purpose, and we're, if I could say it like this, we're using the wrong lens. We're using the wrong lens. And, and for many of us, we need to back up because we're using a hyper-focused lens and trying to find out the detail of our destiny when we haven't used the wide-angle lens and just found out the context of the story that we're in. Right? We're, we, need to dis, we need to, like, get up, look around. What is the context of the story? that, And then you can begin to see yourself in that puzzle. Right? You can begin to see yourself in that story and where you are. And so we have to understand that your destiny is not what you do. It's who you're going to touch. Right? It's not what you're doing in life. It's, who, it's your purpose is who you're going to touch and the way you're going to touch them. The inspiration, the motivation, the anointing, the deliverance, the freedom, the healing, every bit of that that plays into how you're going to affect and impact the world around you. And so we are our brother's keeper, and I, and I say that because it's a place of freedom. I can experience that in Christ. I can take on that freedom in Christ that I can be my brother's keeper in a place of freedom, not in a place of guilt. So I don't feel guilty about what's going on around me, but I do feel a responsibility out of freedom. Do, are you getting this? Are you getting this? And so I feel there's a breakthrough in here this morning. And for many, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to, I want you to go to Luke 12 with me right here. We're, we're trying to find ourselves in this, where am I at? What is my role? What is my responsibility? Where am I at? And I do feel this, this is my motto that the Holy Spirit gave me. And he spoke it to me years ago, and he said, live hungry and feed others. Live hungry and feed others. Live from a place of hunger that you're, you're so hungry. Listen, because, you know, we, we found Jesus, but it doesn't mean we stopped seeking him. And we found him, but that, that, that doesn't stop us from continuing to go after him. And even though he's fed me, I'm still hungry. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the signs that you're dying is that you lose your appetite. Right? I, I'm, I, I, began to, I found myself looking at this. I, I don't know why. I started studying this, and I found it super interesting, people's last meals. Has anybody ever looked into that, people's last meals? 
people on, you know, death row, and like, what do they eat for the last meal, you know? And it's just a strange thing. People order all sorts of different things. Sometimes it's steak and potatoes. Other times it's, you know, a big uh, all-deluxe pizza. And and I'm like, man, if I knew I was about to die, would I want a last meal? You know, I just began to ask myself because I don't know if I would be heartsick to the point where I lost my appetite, right? I would become so heartsick that I wouldn't go. And it's a strange thing that someone who, you know, and I think it really those type of people, and until they come into redemption, they still have a criminal mindset and their conscience is, is in a way seared to the point where they could still eat knowing that they're about to die. Is, is that, where, uh, what, I mean, that'll mess with your mind a little while. Okay, don't go in there. Don't go there, okay? But you know, one of the signs that they say that you're dying and you don't know it is that you're losing your appetite, you, you, you've lost your appetite, and I believe God wants to restore our appetite in the body of Christ. He wants to give us a hunger back for his presence unlike ever before, and that we would be stirred to seek him on another level. We would be stirred to seek him and be in a place of such hunger because I believe God only gives to certain people certain things that he wants because of the hunger that they have. It draws on him a different type of grace. It draws from him a different measure of his anointing. It draws from him a different realm of his presence. I'm reminded of Matthew, I think it's Matthew 17 or 18. There's a moment, you know, where Jesus, he, t- he talks to Peter. And Peter, he says, you know, who do we pay taxes to? Do the sons of this, you know, of the kingdom pay taxes to the sons of this world? You know, how does that work out? And Peter says, I, I, you know, what do we do, God? What do we do, Jesus? And, and Jesus says, go, just so that they don't get offended, go and, and, and f- fish in the lake, fish in that water, and when you pull it out, there'll be a coin in the fish's mouth and pay that for our taxes for you and I. You know, and for many of us, we're, we're waiting for a gift. We're waiting for a gift, but we're not willing to do the tug of war. You know what it takes to bring in a fish of that size. You know, and your, your, your breakthrough is not in this realm, just as his breakthrough, Peter's breakthrough, was not in this realm. It was, it was from a different realm. It was in the water, yet he was on the earth. Your breakthrough is from a different place. And you've got to fish from a different place and pull out of that different place your breakthrough. Am I speaking to someone today? Because I feel there's a breakthrough in this room over the next 40 days. There's a breakthrough in this room that God wants to release a breakthrough. But you've got to pull from a different realm. That's what hope does. It anchors you to a different realm. It anchors you into the glory realm. And that you begin to pull on that anchor. You begin to pull yourself closer behind the veil so that you can see Jesus and get a glimpse of him that you can reveal to mankind. He wants to begin to release us to a place of hunger. Listen, because there's something in this, in this atmosphere, in this, I, I believe in this season right now where greater works will be done. Greater works. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just get my bills met or my, my needs met. I want to live beyond just getting my needs met. I want to live a victorious life in Jesus 
you know, Jacob has a visitation and he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to do all these great things. And Jacob responds like a mere mortal. He says, if you just give me food and clothing, I'll be okay with that. And I feel that the Lord was like, what? You're like, does he know who he's talking to? If And they say to Jesus, hey, Jesus, you know, what do we, he goes, don't even worry about food and clothing. Don't worry about that stuff. Don't just go for God, to God for your basic needs, because there's another realm of possibility that when you connect with him and you live out a strong connection, that you can begin to feed others around you. Don't just go for God for bread, become bread. Become connected to the bread of heaven so that you can feed others. We have this, I have this interesting thing, and we're going to look at this, but, you know, we, I have a, right here I have a cell phone, and it's supposed to get, I pay for it, it's supposed to get five bars on my connection, right? And I, and I look at it and I go, why do I only have two bars when I pay for five bars, Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm like, where, I, I, I need an upgrade or something. I need something different. Maybe I need to switch, you know, companies. And, and I go, why do I pay for five bars? And apparently it's the fastest, you know, data speed in the nation, all that, you know, that they say. But I'm only getting one, two bars in certain locations when I'm paying for five bars everywhere. Jesus paid for a five-bar connection between you and God and we're only satisfied living out of one bars and blaming it on grace. The grace of God compels us to live in a five-bar connection. The grace of God doesn't just say it's okay to be in a one-bar connection. It didn't pay for you just to live out of a deficiency. It paid so that you could live completely connected so that you could reveal that incredible connection that you're experiencing and become your own Wi-Fi signal. There are hot spots in this room. That's you. That's me. And you are called to be a hot spot of connectivity that the world could come to you and go, we know you talk with Jesus. We know you're connected. Do it. Do what is necessary. You know, here's, here's, a, here's a, the, the scripture. I want you to go to Luke 12. I like this. Jesus talks about himself as being the thief. He talks about the, the coming of the Lord being as a thief. He, a thief. And, and he, anybody ever had something stolen from them? Just happened, you know, and I, there's, a, there's being robbed and then there's a thief. And a thief is different, right? Thief is like you didn't know it, hap- it just happened. It just, just boom, comes. And, and he says, he says the, the master will come at an hour where the servants don't expect it. And I don't know about you, but I, I don't expect him to come right now, which is really, for me, kind of interesting because that's, that's the requirement of him coming where he says, I'm going to come at an hour you don't expect. I'm going to come at a time when you least expect it. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I kind of least expect it right now. I kind of least expect it. I, don't, I, don't, I say that because I'm not looking at, at like the world around us going, wow, we're in this revival outrageous revival that really tells me that you're coming. 
I look at it like we have a lot of things to do to prepare for the coming of the Lord. And there is a move of God, and there's people in the move of God, even in this room, who are strategically positioned in the move of God. But I believe we have a lot to do to make ready for the coming of the Lord. We are, we're called to make the bride ready, and we're called to set the stage, even in world events, that when Jesus comes back, it's a seamless transaction. We just go, here's the kingdom. And Jesus goes, okay, Father, here's the key. You know, it's like a seamless transaction. And he's going to come to his church before he comes to the world. He's going to manifest his, himself in his church before he comes to the world. You know, one of the things that they said is, you know, they, 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 they stood by as Jesus was ascending to the Father. And they said, the, the angel of the Lord came to him and said, why, why do you wait? Why, what are you looking for? In the same way that he left is the same way that he's returning. Same way that he left. How did Jesus leave? He left not just flying up, but it says over a period of 40 days he visited his people before he left. And he said, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended. Right? There had yet been the ascension. And so for a period of 40 days, he would... He would talk to his disciples. He would speak to his disciples before he left, and that was his resurrection leaving. Before he comes back, there's going to be signs and sightings of Jesus all over the world, and we are going to see it. Imagine Jesus walking into the middle of a moment like this, just taking the mic and going, I'd like to say something. Our guest speaker this morning will be Jesus Christ. We will see sightings of Jesus around the world. And he says, if you hear of Christ sightings, don't go here or don't go there. Because these sightings will be a, a, an imposter situation. And there will be a counterfeit situation. And we know that whenever there's a counterfeit, it's always counterfeiting something authentic that is happening. So the authenticity of what Jesus is going to do as he visits his church before his fullness of coming, that authenticity will be, will be counterfeited, but we have to know that he will do something that's the real thing. He'll show up at your church, and the reason why he says don't go here or don't go there because he says I'm coming everywhere. I'm going to come to your church, and I'm going to come to your church. You know, he's going to show up, and he's going to say get ready, I'm coming. Get ready. And I believe we will see it. And, and oh my goodness, it's going to cause some pandemonium because listen, if tens of thousands of people flock to see the Virgin Mary on a tortilla, imagine, imagine Jesus coming to a church near you. Oh my goodness, we, uh, we are in unprecedented times. And if, if I could say it, we just have to keep our eyes on the prize. We have a, this a harvest time. It's a special time of harvest where we have to go. Everything else is off the, sh- you know, everything else is put back on the shelf. Every, just harvest only. Harvest only. Because it's about harvest. Come on. It's about harvest. Do you get, get what I'm saying? Everything else is good, but the best is the harvest. It's harvest time. 
And so we've got this incredible thing of harvest. And what are we going to do in harvest? Watch this. He says, the thief, he says in verse 40, therefore you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Verse 41, then Peter said to him, Lord, do you speak this parable only to us or to all people? Watch this. Lord said, Jesus said, who then is that faithful and wise steward whom his master will make ruler over his household? to give them their portion of food in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants that eat and drink and be drunk, the master of the servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him, and an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. But it says, And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes, but he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For to whom everyone is given much, much is required. To whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. They will ask the more. Live hungry and feed others. Live hungry and feed others. He says, who is that faithful steward whom the master appoints to make him ruler over the house, who gives everyone else their food in due season? I believe this is a house of bread. Jesus, it's interesting, born in Bethlehem. In the word Bethlehem, the name Bethlehem means house of bread. Jesus is the bread of life. And one of the most interesting comparisons that Jesus makes himself to quite often is bread. Anybody love bread? I'm a bread fanatic. Have you ever gone without bread? I don't know about you, but it, is, it will do something to you. There was a season in my life I was like, do I have a gluten allergy? You know, do I have gluten intolerance? Something like that. And so I just started getting off bread. And I was, I started seeing some changes in me, but, you know, it was like, you know, year went by. And the, you could start to see there are other options, right? There's a lot of other options. You ever have, you know, you go out and they're like, we got the gluten-free pizza. Right? And you're like, you got the gluten-free pizza. And you start to get a little cynical about the gluten-free pizza, Right? We got the gluten-free crust. <laughs> and you lose your sense of hunger because you're not enjoying what it is God designed you to enjoy. Come on. Right? Jesus goes out and he multiplies the loaves and fishes. He gives them to his disciples and say, spread out the people. Sit them down. Make them sit in groups and then give them this bread. Now, I don't know what kind of bread he gave them. But I guarantee you it was not gluten-free bread. (laughs) Somebody's going to get healed this morning of gluten intolerance and gluten-free. Listen, God, he is called... The how, he, call, he calls himself, his own son, to be born in the house of bread. And then his, 
his disciples, they're coming, they're like, feed them, feed them, do something. And he says, he says, look, I am the bread that has come down from heaven. We are ministers of Christ. We're ministering who he is to the world. We're not just, you know, we're not just creating great this or great that, but we're, our, our ultimate goal is for people to encounter Jesus. Encounter Jesus. People can encounter great church and never encounter great Jesus. People can encounter great community and never encounter great Jesus. And are we ministers of Jesus? And I believe God is going to raise up those that can give the house of God and the world around us food in due season. This is this house. This is this house. And I feel the Holy Spirit just, I I see in my spirit loaves from heaven just falling on different people. Loaves of he- from heaven falling on different people in this room that you could be food to those who are hungry. You could give something to those who are in need. And it's, it's not good that we just turn a blind eye and we just say, oh, Jesus is coming back. It's all gonna, he's going to take care of everything. But what is he looking for? He's looking for people that would give Jesus in the right way to those around us. But it's interesting to me that he says, but who is the one that's not been faithful, that he comes back for? He says that the, the steward that has been beating the servants and eating and drinking the food, right? I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that, right? You, you, need, you need some hope. You go to a minister and you get more hopeless after you come and, you know, the minister ministers. You get more, you get beaten. You get... You get hurt. And it's, it's an interesting thing, and it's, it's not going to go without consequence. And I'm sure in bad moments I have done that to people. I am sure in bad moments that I have required too much from people and not given them enough bread to sustain them. It, in our day and age, we have... An interesting dynamic where we're requiring so much from people, but not feeding them a healthy portion of Jesus. And we're it's like it's like we're we're giving them a drop of fuel and expecting them to go the distance. We're serving up diet Jesus. I mean, we're giving them gluten-free Jesus. We're we're not giving people the fullness so that they could be sustained. And I believe this house is different. Listen, this house is different because it's raising up people to connect with God individually and be a voice wherever you are. There's something about this because I, I, I feel there's a shift in my spirit. There's a shift where we're going to see across the church and all saints move of God where we're, I believe this house is a, is a full runner to this. But you know, it's an interesting thing when you start to, I watch, I watch as I come into places like this. I watch and see, man, there's a lot, there's a lot of strong people, male and female. There's a lot of strong leadership. And you know, some places it's easy to distinguish who the leader is. Other places it's hard because there's a lot of other people who have come up to that level. 
I believe God wants to raise this house to be a place that can raise up leaders who can serve the house of God, bread in its perfect season, in the right season. But I, I feel in my spirit that he wants to get us back to eating what we, what we need, feasting on him what we need to serve others what they need. That we would live hungry for him so that we could give to others what it is that they need. Who wants that? Listen, I just feel in my spirit right now to pray for appetites in the spirit. I pray for a hunger. I'm, I'm just feeling in my spirit to pray for a hunger that would connect with your spirit, that a tenacious hunger would come upon you, and you would not be satisfied with the status quo, but you would go to a new place of connection with him in this time, in this season. There are a lot of preachers that will preach a grace that will, that will get you immobilized. They will preach a grace that will get you doing less and making you feel better. I don't believe that's the grace of God. The grace of God doesn't make you feel worse to, to make you perform better. Listen, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay? it's Because that's, that, that's the opposite of what we've seen. And so then we've seen an error of grace where we've kind of really set the bar so low that everyone we feel can reach it. When Jesus set the bar so high that he said, you're only going to be able to do this by the grace of God. You're only going to be able to change the world by the grace of God. You're only going to be able to do what I've called you to do in, when the power of God comes on you. He says, oh, look, he even says to his disciples, don't go anywhere immediately. Do not go anywhere, but wait in Jerusalem till you are endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you'll be my witnesses. Because he knew he couldn't just send out good Christians. He had to send out empowered believers, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the fire of God. And I feel the fire of God is coming back on the house of God. That we could be lit up with the fire of God and really pursue him on another level and reveal him to the world around us. I feel in my, there's a pregnancy in my spirit that this word right now is for someone in here. I'm, I'm talking about you're a world changer. And you're a shifter of things. You're going to shift this. You, you may be just called to be an intercessor in the secret place. And no one knows the kind of service you've, got, you've done for Jesus. But you are going to shift things like Reese Howes did. You're going to shift things in the secret place. Because God has called you to live a separate life. He's called you to live an uncommon life. And I, I just feel in my spirit that the body of Christ has unfortunately set the bar so low and there's something in my spirit that says no wonder no one wants to get in the game because that doesn't look daring. It doesn't look bold enough. It doesn't look risky enough. I mean, what kind of gospel are we preaching when, when it makes it so everyone can wear it? Have you ever shopped at a place where it's like one size fits all? One size fits all, and you start, you put it on, you're like, I kind of feel like I'm swimming in it, right? And you're like, it's comfy, but it's pajama wear, you know? 
It's one size fits all. Listen, it's not one size fits all because one size doesn't fit all. It ends up fitting nobody. You can wear it, but it won't fit you. And he wants to get us to a place of hunger. And there's individuals in here that are going to have an individual response. And he may say from the one, I want from you one. He may say from the other, I want from you four. He may say from the other, I, I put in you five. I, he may say to the other, I've given you ten talents. You know, I, it's, there's something about in my spirit right now where God has put gifts inside of us. But the church is holding these gifts hostage Oh, my goodness. I just tapped into something right there. Woo! Ho! Just right now, just stand up right now. If that's you, you feel like your gifts have been held hostage, and there is a spiritual dynamic at work against your gift from being manifest, is because you might have been cursed, and it might not have been from the devil. Listen. I want to break this curse off of you that you could step into a place that you could bring your gift to the table. Listen, I'm not talking about you become the pastor of Global River. I'm talking about you go out to the world around you and you minister in your spheres, in your places of influence, because you're strategically positioned where you're at. Whether you're feeding people at the, at, at the local public school, or, or you're a teacher, or your mom, or your, your dad, whatever it is that you do, that you're, God has raised you up in that place to be a voice, and he wants that gift to be released in that place. Come on, Father, right now, I declare, open the doors, God, the chambers of the hearts in this room, that gifts would be released, gifts would manifest, and people would step into their higher calling. It is a higher calling. It's a high calling. Listen, and for many in here, you've set your bar on a low calling. But God wants to bring us to a place where we can see the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, give him praise right now. Just give him praise right now. Father, we praise you right now. Tom, Mike, Michael, I just, you know, you guys were sharing this story yesterday of going even to L.A. and then the, the, the different places that you guys have been. I feel the East Coast, God is about to do something along the East Coast for you. And it's, you know, there, this, this, the Global River Network. And I see the Holy Spirit beginning to move along the East Coast and what, what my wife and I have seen is there's about to re, be a revival from New Jersey all the way down to Cuba. And, and I see the doors opening up to Cuba and the Holy Spirit opening up these doors. And you're going to begin to see the power of God be revealed. And I see the Global River Network being expanded into the, that territory. And I see revival. I see harvest. I see tent meetings. I see the power of God being released there. And I see people in here that have been made ready for moments like this that are go, going to go along with. And you're going to see the power of God be established there. And so get ready because I feel this revival spirit, this revival and reformational spirit is about to hit the East Coast and it's going to go along down all the way down and it's going to hit the islands. And I see the islands getting lit up with the glory of God. I see the islands getting lit up with the power of God. 
and I see a base in an island, on an island base, an island base that God is going to give you guys. And I see the Holy Spirit about to erupt even a, a place of healing, a, a resort place. But it's going to be a place for training and equipping on an island base. And so watch as God begins to do that. And you're going to see the hand of God begin to pay this thing off. And it's going to be... It's going to be given over to you from a different ministry. And I see the Holy Spirit about to give you this lands and these resources. And you're going to see, I see on one side coffee beans. I see on the other side even produce like corn. And I, I, as the Holy Spirit begins to raise up, and I was down in my, in my dream last night, I saw this oceanfront property. I saw ocean, ocean view. And so watch as God begins to do that. There's also a connection out of Texas. And that God is going to begin to establish a connection out of Texas. And it's going to be something that, that is going to burst you guys forth into a place where you're moving in a new level, a new, moving in new connections. And you're going to see this even uh, this cross-pollination begin to emerge and cross-pollination get take place because God is about to do something. Come on, celebrate Jesus with me. Does that make sense to you? Yep. Jamie doesn't know this, but next week our pastor from Costa Rica is in town right now. And so uh, it's going to be amazing. Peyton McKeithen, he was just given a piece of property by a lady from another ministry. <laughs> and uh, it's expanding. So Costa Rica, it's in Dominical, which is a great surfing place. Oh, it's on, so. Anyway, that, that's one. Of course, also our mission base in Mozambique, but that's the other side of the world. That's, that's like 40 acres right on the, on the uh, coast there. So we just say yes. Amen? Yes. From, so, Lord, I, and we have uh, you know, our Spanish pastors from uh, Dominical, Dominican Republic. So who knows what the Lord's up to? Yeah. But, yeah. Come on. Let's pray this, okay? And, um, Tom, Virginia, come up here. I want to just pray over you, both of you, too, actually. And... Um, I feel the Lord is, you know, he's guarded you guys and kept you guys. And there's a, I see the guardian angel of God around you and protected you guys from even sudden trouble and sudden terror. And I, and I see the hand of God that's been on you. And I, I feel that you, you two together have been so steadfast in this thing that you, there's been a faithfulness and a steadfastness to say yes to Jesus. Even when you had options and other things came up, that you two had options, but you kept moving forward and you stayed the course. And I feel the, that the Father is commending you for your bravery. It's uncommon bravery. And I, I see even over you, I see this supernatural move of his presence that is brooding over you, Virginia. I see the Holy Spirit even in your heart and how God has been healing you in your heart and your body. And there's a move of God about to heal you. And you're seeing this even in, your, in a season of rest, in a season of wholeness. God is moving upon you and strengthening your adrenaline and strengthening you to a place of freedom. And you're going to begin to see that 
Even the things that you whisper will be like an earthquake. Even the things that you say will be like, boom, it'll move mountains. And so God is putting on you a mountain-moving anointing. And you're going to see the deliverance mantle. I see that it's on you going to the next place to train, to equip, and bring people into a place of freedom. And I see the, that the Holy Spirit, he's, he's protected you, he's kept you, he's guarded you. And I, I see how the Holy Spirit has been with you even in sudden moments where you're going to see that the Holy Spirit has healed your heart and healed your, even your, uh, your cardiac rhythms. And you're going to see how he's healed you and kept you because you still have something that he wants you to do here on this earth. It's, it's a, and, and I see that it's like there's a hope in you. There's a gift of hope that God has given you. And it's a hope for hopeless situations. And you have a type of hope that could cause a movement. And so I see hope movement rising, hope movement emerging. And there's hope for those that are downtrodden, for broken people. Even for, I see young women that are in hopeless situations and how you're raising them up to a place of hopefulness. And it's a hope movement coming back. And so watch as God begins to do something. And that's why he's preserved you. He's kept you. I see, oh my goodness. There's, as you came out, I'm reminded how, you know, it says Lot's wife looked back and was turned to salt, but you kept your eyes forward. You kept your eyes forward. And so salt is preserver. And you keeping your eyes forward, you've been like, you've been a preserver agent of God for other people. Kept them fresh, kept them whole, kept them healed up. And I see the Holy Spirit, he's on you and he's just saying, well done. He's commending you. And he's got this incredible, bold tenacity that he put on you. It's an uncommon faith. It's an uncommon hope. He's so proud of you. He's so proud of you. God will be your father in this time. He will be your delight in the wilderness. He will be the shade over you when you feel like you can't keep moving forward. He will move with you and compel you and pick you up even in the time of dryness. He's going to cause rivers to be in that desert. And he'll be your father in this time. He'll speak words of encouragement, words of wisdom over you. And it will come like your father's voice. But he knows that he's speaking to you in a way that you feel loved. I see him even in the night seasons visiting you. He's been with you and he's guarded you like a guardian angel all around you. And what, what looks like, it, like a, a, a move of uh, an angel or an angelic being that kind of moved up above you in the night season. It was the Lord himself watching over you. And I see him speaking to you and releasing rain from heaven. It's washing you. It's cleansing you. 
He's with you. He's with you. Wow. Come on, just pray. Let's pray. Come on, just pray right now. Just speak every good and positive word of encouragement in your prayer language that you can. Thank you, Father, for the courage. Thank you for the strength. Thank you for the the lifting up of the hands. Thank you, Lord. There's a fresh wind. It's the grace winds that are coming through you. It's the grace winds. Woo! Whoa. House of bread. House of bread. Oh. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the house of bread. Tom, God has just, he's guarded you with these dread champions all around you. And, you know, it says like David was thirsty and the, the others just broke out. One other just broke out and got a cup of water from the enemy's, enemy's camp and came back. And I see that you have been like a David where you've led this army of dread champions to a place of confidence and courage in the Lord God. But I see that because you did not offer to God that which costs you nothing. God is about to abundantly bless you with everything. And I, I just see that this tribe, it's like, it's like the Holy Spirit is about to raise up by your name this tribe to a place of greatness where you're going to see, even in this time, you're going to see people that you could pass the baton off to. And it's not you leaving, it's you staying, but it's you passing the baton off to multiple people so that they could come to a place of leadership. God's about to move you into a grandfather anointing. We found out this week our youngest child is having our 10th grandchild. That's in the natural. 10. Whoa. Grandfather, grandmother anointing. Whoa. Yeah. That's like you don't have to deal with the discipline. You just get to have fun. (laughs) And so I just speak that over you that these next 50 years of your life are going to be so filled with the joy of Jesus. Woo! Bless you guys. Who you are in the spirit and what you've done for this region, this area. The light that you've shined in this area. He's illuminating the path before you. He's illuminating the richness of the path before you. So I see God, he's opening the double door and he's giving to you the riches of inheritance. Jesus, come on, celebrate Jesus with me.